Sir, there's a limit of two chainsaws per customer. What? <sighs> I told her I only wanted to shop at S-Mart. Finally taking your advice and instead of drinking soda, I swear to you I'm gonna cough just by talking about it I'm drinking propel. That's not an endorsement for propel It's a free plug for them, but I'm drinking water. Let the record show It is flavored water. Yes So everybody if you have reached this leg of the journey so far uh, You know that we are on episode 10 carrie we are officially into double digits not counting this is not counting our bonus episodes by the way that's amazing in episode 10 this friday today or maybe later if you're listening to this a little bit later at home in your car hope everybody's having a good start to their spring we today at dime for midnight podcast are going to talk about Army of Darkness and Ash versus the Evil Dead series as we are anxious to go see the new Evil Dead rise. This episode is called Still the King, Baby. Oh, yeah. Still carries king. Still carries knight in shining armor. We're going to try to keep this lean and mean compared to episode nine where we spent way oh, too much time. 107 minutes. Just in our comfy horror movie review segment, not counting horror, etc. Segment two, where we spend another 45 minutes talking about the other Sam Raimi movies. <coughs> There's the cough again. Cast and crew. Listen, guys, we all know that this is all about Bruce Campbell. Who else is in, in Army of Darkness? We're probably going to have a lot more to say about cast when it comes to Ash versus Evil Dead. For now, I'm just going to chuckle. Outside of saying we've got uh, M. Bath Davids as Sheila and Ted Raimi making an appearance as an S-Mart clerk and Pumpkin in the background destroying our couches and pillows. No, that's something different. Um, I want to note, Carrie, that we've got Mr. Stick up his butt, Marcus Gilbert, as Lord Arthur. We've got our third Linda. Bridget Fonda. Bridget Fonda. Who I can go as for Halloween. Who you can go as for Halloween. Carrie, are you going to friend? Yeah, are you going to friend? Are you going to bring two uh, other females of your age to come play along with you? <laughs> I don't have that many the three, friends. The three Lindas Halloween ensemble is now a new fantasy of mine. So uh, I think I'm going to note something about Bridget Fonda a little bit later. I'll, I'll save it for later. And you remind me about Bridget Fonda. I have something else okay. that I want to add. And if I forget, knock me upside of the head. Horror hounds out there, you know who Bill Mosley is. You remember him from Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2. You remember him from House of a Thousand Corpses from the Firefly family. He's actually the Deadite captain in this, which I did not know until we started kind of digging into this episode. Guy. I knew he looked familiar. <coughs> really? Because wouldn't he be covered in makeup? I didn't notice him at all whatsoever. I, I, I was trying to... Fit pinpoint it and figure it out like the, the voice yeah it all sounded familiar and before we move on to the creators let me mention a couple more people richard grove is duke henry and we've got ian Abercrombie, who's actually a fairly big name as the wise man um let's move on now to of course this is written by sam raimi uh his brother ivan Directed by Sam Raimi, as we all know, um, and produced by Robert Tappert, starring, yeah, we already talked about it, Bruce Campbell, the man. Uh, Carrie, I didn't create a whole other section about thirst rating, but uh, I kind of wondered if it was worth doing this episode, given mm -hmm. that, you know, Evil Dead 2 Dead by Dawn is your thirstiest version of Ash. Uh would you say you're just as thirsty for Ash in this one, in Army of Darkness? 
That's slightly not, less thirsty. Maybe slightly less. Okay, so instead of like a four, he's maybe like a three point seven five. He's still pretty attractive here uh, for you, and of course the production company is Dino De Laurentiis Communications Renaissance Pictures. This released in October of '92. Um, <coughs> Carrie, how long was it until you saw Army of Darkness? Were you a kid, or was that with me again? I think it was with you again. I I didn't see any of these movies until I was much, much older. And I think there's a difference. When you see these movies when you're older, there's different undertones that you pick up on. Whereas if you were a kid watching these films, you know, you would miss a lot, I think, for some things. And some things just are not, you know, appropriate for our kids. So I would absolutely let the kids watch Army of Darkness. Oh, yeah. It's so, and we'll get into this a little bit later, it's, in terms of it being a hybrid um, subgenre, it's, I would put horror last. It's actually more fantasy and action. Um, It it does feel like you're more on a Dungeons and Dragons quest. Yeah, and I've got some notes about that earlier because we've really got the fantasy sword and sorcery theme not just in the movie, but even the marketing material, the soundtrack. Um, I did see this. Um, I think by the time I was like 12, I actually saw this. And I was always like, wait, it's it's uh, the dude from Briscoe County. And uh, wasn't he in that Evil Dead movie? I remember for a while I did not associate Army of Darkness with Evil Dead whenever I was a kid. And that would make sense. Because I was always like, oh, look, it's the evil dead guy and some other kind of monster type, evil type thing. But it's not as much of a horror film as the other ones. So anyways, um, <clears throat> let's start, Carrie, by talking about Army of Darkness soundtrack. Um, and to my point, or earlier, it's not an oily film, earlier, we've got Joseph LaDuca who is back. Um, My favorite track is during the final battle. And I think it's so appropriate that the name of this track is called Skeletor, which I'm assuming is referencing when evil dead Ash finally like is just basically down to a skeleton before he gets launched at the end of the battle. Um, A comment on the soundtrack as a whole, what other movies um, does army of darkness remind me of? Well, in a way, it reminds me of Conan the Barbarian and the soundtrack of Basil uh, Pulidorus. Um, it sounds like the Anvil of Krom a little bit. Yeah. And this definitely, again, it's the fantasy sword and sorcery, Dungeons and Dragons type feel to it. It doesn't go all the ways into like R-rated fantasy like Conan does. It's Conan, at this point, an Evil Dead franchise if you were to compare this to Conan the Barbarian, it's actually not as violent as Conan the Barbarian. Oh, yeah. So, again, the soundtrack reaffirms that we're not squarely in horror territory. We're about as far away from it as possible while still being able to reference it. Um, yeah, the soundtrack lets you know you're in a medieval fantasy sword and sorcery territory. Um, it really doesn't get more fantasy than a track that feels like you're listening to something like The Power of Grayskull. Um <laughs> I don't. I just had to say it like that. I don't know why. You know why. I know why, because I wanted to be He-Man as a kid. And not just that, but our son has discovered He-Man. Yes. He has not watched the live, the live, the live, live action He-Man on ice. Um, he has not watched the one with Dolph Lundgren, which is a beautiful mess. Yes. Um, it's got its, it's got its campy charm. So anyways, I'll, I'll acquiesce and cede the floor to you and your soundtrack selection. Uh, my, my favorite is give me some sugar bonanza where he grabs <laughs> Sheila and it's so out of place. So romantic. It could be in some drama or rom-com and it's just, again, reaffirms that like, this is not, you know, there's just more elements to this. Let's be clear. You're saying, Carrie, that the track is romantic, not the moment that scene itself. No, the track is romantic. I, I yes. thought that that's what you had meant because um, Ash... It's, it's definitely not a romantic As scene. Bruce Campbell himself is, has admitted, Ash turns into a bit of a... Ladies' man. He No, he thinks he's a ladies' man. Yeah. Uh, and he's a bit of a moron. And I know they wrote him that way to be way over the top machismo. But... Um, 
Before we move on past the soundtrack of Army of Darkness, I'm going to talk a little bit while Carrie deals with our dog Pumpkin, who continues to destroy the couch while we're in the middle of this. <clears throat> we took a little break over Easter. So we're actually recording this, folks, the uh, night before that we're editing and posting this. So, Carrie, I'm going to need some caffeine tonight. Um, the dog is just looking at Carrie like, I was comfortable. Oh, see, I told you, Carrie, she was going to get down and mess with you even more. Pumpkin, you're being a little bad little biatch. She is definitely, something is definitely so her. Before we go way off track, one last note about the soundtrack to Army of Darkness. This was made, and you can check this on the soundtrack cover, the Seattle Symphony Orchestra. Our bonus soundtrack selection is Danny Elfman, lead vocalist of the 80s ska band Oingo Boingo. Guys, I have always said if you are going to do a period piece, an 80s horror period piece, or any 80s period piece, you better have Oingo Boingo on the soundtrack. Um, no One Lives Forever is on Texas Chainsaw. <laughs> I'm making a teen wolf two reference. Uh, who do you want to be? Uh, and now of course, Oingo Boingo has a track on here and I know they've got other ones. Um, there's dead man's party is another one. His track March of the dead, uh, comes on when we see the army rising. This is a fun one. So that's our little bonus little fact. Okay. So I didn't forget Bridget Fonda who plays our third Linda wanted a role since she was a big fan of Dead by Dawn. Wow. Okay. But the role was taken, okay, um, of Sheila. So they gave her the role of our third Linda, who now you must play uh, play as, who you must be as. <laughs> role play as Linda, Gary. Uh, for the recap segment, everybody talks about the first seven to ten minutes of Dead by Dawn being a remake of Evil Dead. But this is even more of a remake at yeah. the start of Ash. I mean, the flying pterodactyl deadite at the end of Dead by Dawn when he goes to 1300. That's not there. No. And we see He's that in chains. they like extended that moment by they showing him being enslaved and anyway, so they redid the beginning of this. So let's not pretend that Dead by Dawn's the only one that's got some remake uh tissue to it. So I'm going to go right on, Carrie. We're going to try to keep this lean and mean. Favorite non-lead characters. Okay. Uh, I've got to go with Evil Ash, who is really the co-lead in uh, at least the second half of the film. If I could have a redo of the supporting cast, Carrie, I wish we could have had a little bit more depth to some of the medieval knights like Arthur. Um if arm that's my signal i need more water if army of darkness was made today carrie one of my knights would have been played by brendan gleason the wise man <laughs> played by sean connery let me tell you about the necronomicon you could hear him saying it right okay you totally would want sean connery to read the necronomicon um just just somebody get sean connery oh no wait he passed away yes Somebody make him come back with the Necronomicon. <laughs> um, love you, Sean Connery. If you haven't watched the sci-fi police procedural outland, watch it. I'm on a police procedural kick. Um, I'll even take Anthony Hopkins, who I know is alive. It would be a harder horror slash R fantasy horror for me if yes. those type of people were cast. Yeah. Okay. We would get a much more violent army of darkness, which actually would be really cool. Yep. So... Okay, now I'm now I'm gonna go way, way, way further off track. Your turn, and I'm gonna settle down while you're. It's your turn. I promise. Yeah, Arthur was a whiny little bitch. <laughs> I wasn't expecting that. I mean, you know, Gary Oldman would have been great. He wasn't whiny. Don't you want to slap Arthur? Yes, you do. Um, mm. Wait, who did you say? Gary Oldman would have been great. Ooh. Yeah, maybe you know. You know, there's Evil Ash's right-hand man, you know. That would have been a good one that he could have played. Hmm. Um, anyways. So that's not your favorite no. then, really, if you're going out of the gate calling Arthur a whiny little bitch. <laughs> that's just a response. Even his costume makes me just want to punch him. Well, and if you think about, you know, in the 
that haircut. That haircut the, the alone Jim Carrey bangs is makes like, me want to punch man. him. Um, but my my favorite is Sheila. You know, she turns into a deadite. Oh, oh, Sheila. <laughs> she was this like doe-eyed girl, you know, before she was taken by the winged deadite and then turned into this witchy mistress leader type alongside evil Ash. I love her makeup. Carrie, you still need to see the Night of the Demons movies, but <clears throat> once I get you to watch those, um, it's like a mix of, you watched the first barn with me, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. So her look, Sheila's witch look, her deadite witch look, looks like the main baddies makeup from night of the demons so i'll just leave it at that okay i won't spoil any night of the demons for you i love that while you've watched a ton of horror movies with me now we're getting to the point where it's like ooh, there's this whole other wave of horror movies i haven't even showed you yet and i can't wait i actually there's so many that i rented from the video store i can't wait to watch them with you sorry i'm getting emotional now <laughs> um moving right along folks favorite death and effects Okay. Evil Ash's death. I mentioned this earlier. Catapulted in the air and explodes. Again, a very action fantasy type ending befitting of a movie like Willow. Or you would have seen like that happen. You probably did see it happen to orcs in one of the many Lord of the Rings movies and now shows. Which gets a lot of hate, by the way. But I actually really love the Lord of the Rings show. Again, very Willow-esque. And I'm glad that I mentioned that because I'm making Carrie jealous, referencing one of her fantasy films, or oh, one of her favorite fantasy films, before you had a chance to. So, haha, mm-hmm. Carrie. I love Willow. <laughs> uh, we we watched the first episode of Willow on Disney+, Plus yeah, and then we I just, enjoyed for it. some reason, we just stopped. Well, the kid- it wasn't because we didn't like it. No, I think the kids just, I don't know. It was, there was... I just think it just didn't hold our attention. Life got in the way, apparently. Yeah, but I really enjoyed it. You know what didn't hold our attention? And actually, I was surprised it didn't hold my attention was Andor. And I loved it. I know you loved it. Okay, so now we went from Army of Darkness to Andor. What is the dog destroying? Is she ripping up the, the rug? No. She better not be, little biatch. Pumpkin, you're not being a very good girl. Oh my goodness, folks. She is out of control. Um... Dog, you better lay down. I'm going to stick you in the room with your sister. Ooh, she's biting. What? She's acting weird, Carrie. She's gnawing. Okay. Well, listen, Carrie. Pumpkin, you're in... I've said this before, folks. And if you've seen us on Instagram, pumpkins are little attention ho. Every time we do a video down here in the DFM vault, she's giving you the resting bitch face. I swear to you. I swear she just did like the little, you know, in the 80s movies when somebody's like the the bully dude is trying to intimidate. He does the little fake out punch to get the person to win. So that's what Pumpkin just did to you. She just fake punched you. Like, yeah. Lay down. Who's the boss, mom? (laughs) So Carrie. Sorry about that, folks. Wow. She is being unrolly. Thankfully to your awesome husband. Creature. I filled that dead air with nothing but nonsense. But go on, demonette. Thank you. Oh, no, I'm going to spill water, damn it. <laughs> At least you didn't spill it this time. That's what that cap is so, for. So, Carrie, favorite death and effects? The whole scene in the windmill with the little ashes, it was a very Dead by Dawn-esque moment. Little ash holes. Yes, the one where, especially the one where he pours the tea kettle down his throat and boils the mini evil ash alive. Because yeah, I love, you like that, don't you? <laughs> I love tea, so that to me was so. <laughs> it was just an endearing moment for me because I love tea, and I'm Every like, that's time amazing. I think of English breakfast tea, or Irish breakfast tea, or black tea. Lady Grey, all the way. Lady Grey, all the way, or chamomile. It makes me want to boil evil beans. I've actually never had chamomile. Um, So you weren't just sipping on chamomile, looking out for the boys and girls with the sex appeal? No. Just dropped dropped a no doubt rhyme down on her, folks. And all of you, you're welcome. (laughs) So, (laughs) 
I swear this DFM vault is cursed. Cursed, I tell you. Um, I cough every time we come down here, and I know that it's safe down here because we've had tests done. Seriously, this is actually our part of our basement. So um, I want to make a note, Carrie, about mm-hmm. the alternate ending. People are thinking, is he really going to talk about radon testing? It is a thing, especially if you live in Pennsylvania. Yes, it all is. The, all the uh, the minerals and the rocks and the sediment. Yeah. I want a rock. Just not with radon. Um, so um, in the alternate ending, there's a passage being read from the Necronomicon. The wise man, who I still say should be like, played by Sean Connery, tells Ash to swallow six drops of the potion um, to get back to his time. And, of course, our man Ash, who can't even say Nata, Burrito, Burrito, Nicto. Clato, uh, Burrito, Nicto. He, you know, I think it's an N-word, right? That says something like that. He miscalculates the amount of potion needed in this alternating to come back to his own time. Um... He swallows like one extra gulp or amount um, instead of the six in this alternating. So what happens in this alternating is that he wakes up. This is interesting. He wakes up in the post-apocalyptic future where human civilization is destroyed. Okay. Yeah, people, you know if you watched Ash uh-huh. vs. Evil Dead where we're going to get to later on when we talk about that soon. Um, yeah, he's had that idea going for a while. Okay. Um, he screams in his, uh, in dismay at having overslept. So universal pictures objected to this climax feeling that it was too negative and depressing in tone. And so a more positive and optimistic ending was filmed and op- optimally, ultimately was put into, um, the cut that we all know and love. So, hmm. so I think, yeah, I think I would have preferred that. Mm-hmm. So what about? carry an army of darkness or other sequel idea that never was <coughs> let's note some things okay carrie you still have to watch the evil dead remake i do you're falling behind and here, i can't girl. i can't believe you know what was happening when that was happening when that came out and this is why oh we were pregnant no not yet we were trying to get pregnant and we were starting the in vitro process yeah, well, 2000, March 2013. Yeah, that was a few months before few we went down to New Orleans. and Yeah. That's a whole other story we, we were can share We were preoccupied. So lots of in vitro and drinking in beignets down in New Orleans. Um, yes. Do not recommend taking an in vitro shot and then without on an empty stomach. Yeah, standing in a gumbo line. <laughs> um, so shortly before the release of the remake, Harry, um Ramey had stated, and Bruce Campbell, that the remake was a loose continuation. I did read that. Of the franchise, okay? So I even remember 10 years ago, there was talk, okay, where he had said, yes, there's this quote-unquote remake or retelling or a loose continuation about another group of friends, right? But that he did have plans for Army of Darkness 2. And I think you can see that by this thought of this alternate ending that never happened, that we never got to see anyways. Um, It would feature an older, but not necessarily wiser Ash, as we now know. Okay. (coughs) Then what they were going to do is this, they had this ultimate plan where Fede Alvarez's Evil Dead 2, they were going to have him do two movies. Okay. Two remakes or continuations. So they were going to have him do a trilogy. No, listen. So they were going to... So you've got the remake. You've got remake part two. Okay. 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 Then you're going to have um, r- this fictional, now fictional, Army of Darkness 2 that mm-hmm. never was. Okay. And then they were going to have another film which would merge the female from the remake, Mia and ah. Ash, from the Army of Darkness. Okay. okay, so they were looking to merge. They were looking to merge. Okay. Um, eventually, somewhere along the line, I remember Bruce Campbell saying that this was not actually happening now. And I remember being really disappointed. But what eventually happened is that 
Campbell then did say, ah, no movies, no additional movies, but we're going to do a TV series. And we all know that as Ash versus versus Evil Dead Dead on Stars. And Carrie, you know, it was really cool. We've been, I remember that week taking the kids to one of their first trick-or-treatings. And then that actual on Halloween, the very first episode, the pilot um, came out. Um, Funny enough, Carrie, like because of Universal, seriously, Universal, you screwed up a good thing. I'm just going to say that. I actually like Universal quite a bit um, in terms of product. Uh, I'm not saying I'm like pro studio interference because I'm not, but because of like rights issues, Ash versus Evil Dead was not allowed to mention Army of Darkness at all. And can you imagine how much more content there would have been? Oh, yeah. So, and now again, guys, we're excited because we are less than two weeks away from seeing the New Zealand Evil Dead Rise directed by Lee Cronin. Uh, and we will have more on that in the next couple of episodes. Carrie, um, any other thoughts on Army of Darkness before we move on to discuss Ash versus Evil Dead? Uh, I mean, I love Army of Darkness. It's my favorite. I think I know somebody else who's it's their favorite. And no, Pumpkin, I'm not talking about you. Jake, the Midnight Traveler's favorite, I believe. Yes. He sent me a he sent me a text. Uh, and I've got a little bit more uh, to say about that a little later. Um, I like Army of Darkness, and we'll we'll go ahead and we'll rate it later after we talk about Ash versus Evil Dead. So, um, cast and crew, guys. How many times I gotta say Bruce Campbell? He is the Evil Dead franchise. But we've got two new kind of co-leads, mm-hmm. supporting cast, okay? We've got Ray Santiago as Pablo, Dana DiLorenzo as Kelly, and then kind of a tertiary character who played a huge role all throughout the series, Lucy Lawless. And Carrie, you had yep. made this note to me about her as Ruby. Yeah, and that's not a surprise. <laughs> I mean, she was on another Star series, Spartacus. Uh, Spartacus, but also Xena, which yeah. Raimi worked on. Yeah. So that's, I'll, I'd be interested to know about that connection and how they talked about it. Um, we've got Brandy, um, and that's Ash's daughter, correct? Correct. Played by Ariel O'Neill. We had another fairly decently large character, an important character, Jill Marie Jones as Amanda Fisher. Carrie? I know you wanted to talk about the guy yes. who played uh, Bruce's uh, father. Lee Majors. That was one of my favorite episodes. He was amazing. Lee Majors is awesome. Um, Ellen Sandwies, actually. Um, was there a moment where they showed an older version of her, or is that just stock from the movie they're recapping? It looked like an older version, <coughs> sort of. Okay. But they also made note, she made note when she came on the screen to note, what happened to you, Ash? You look so much older. Yeah. So there was definitely. Um, also, oh, great. Now our dog is chomping on her toenails. Sorry, listeners. Um, if, she, if the toenail chomping gets too loud, Carrie, can you please uh, do something about it? So, <laughs> honest to gosh, you know why it is? Because we haven't recorded in a couple weeks. She's not used to coming down here. So, um, so much more going on in this episode 10 than you ever wanted to happen dear listener carrie we just watched this woman get killed in a recent movie that i won't say that was a surprise to us that she was in it and we forgot about it upon rewatch samara weaving oh yeah i I have meant i mentioned it you did you did yeah you mentioned samara weaving yes later yes oh i thought you said her name already my bad So, again, guys, come on. Joseph DeLuca, when we're talking about the soundtrack now. um, And then we have the Sumerian Knight, Lindsay Ferris, as Dalton. Yes. Um, Before I move on to soundtrack, let me just note, again, this was a star show. Okay. Um, Again, the Raimis. Bruce Campbell was more involved as a producer. Um, Carrie, do you have any, like, this is the one thing that you and I didn't talk about. Was there any episodes that Bruce Campbell actually directed himself, do you know? 
We'll have to go back. And I, check know, that out. I know. I know. I I know. Uh, Ramy directed the very first episode. Yeah. So. Um, but that, I think I think he was mostly a producer. Yeah. In terms of runtime for the show, it's actually pretty typical. Um, the pilot was probably one of the longer episodes and the ending episode, but most of the episodes ran like around 30 to 40 minutes long. <clears throat> Again, now we're going to talk about the soundtrack. Joseph Leduca. Um, you mentioned Xena earlier, Carrie. He did music and soundtrack to Xena, Hercules, the librarians, and Carrie Spartacus. Okay. So there's a lot of stars show lucy lawless connections um i'm gonna go not with an original laduca because we've covered a lot of laduca lots of laduca laducha or laduca i know i'm butchering it my man um a lot of laduca sound here i'm not gonna go with that um rather i'm gonna go with the popular well the other popular deep purple song not smoke on the water but space trucking to me space trucking I played it for the kids and they were getting down to it. They loved it. They were eating quesadillas and getting down to space trucking. Um, I love that. Every time I say quesadilla, I want to say quesadilla, like in, in Napoleon Dynamite, um, where Ash, uh, it just, it sets the tone for where Ash is at. Um, he's listening to classic rock of his time. He's acting like a cheesy old white dude while past his prime, thinking that he still has it. Wooing barflies into bar bathroom sex with his cheap aftershave, magnum condoms, and one prosthetic to use for spanking. And oh, by the way, um, it is brought back at the end of the series, that song at the very end. Yes. I noticed that they ended it the way that they started it. Carrie, now that I've said all that, What's your selection in terms of this so, uh, collection of popular songs? I really love the space trucking song, like you you had said. It, it does. Like whenever it does. I remember when the episode first came out, like yeah, yeah, she's back. This and he was rocking to the music inside of his trailer. <laughs> and then um, I really enjoyed <coughs> "Here I Go Again on My Own" by White Snake. It's just a classic Ash song that he would listen to. Um. I almost wish they would have played the other classic White Snake song, Is This Love? I could have like seen him like... No. I don't know. No, they could play no. that song, but he'd be looking at himself in the mirror. Yes. Is this love? love. And, it, and Ash is like putting on the... He's, he's you know, doing the hand through the hair thing, at, looking at himself. At, at this, How about the girdle that he puts I know. on in the beginning? I was laughing like, oh, and chuckling. He sticks his butt out. Oh, look at that ass. <laughs> he definitely is in love with himself. Yes. Way more than ever before. Yes. And I think, you know, after going through all the shit that his character has gone through, I think it makes it hard for him to get close to anybody. Yeah. And in a, way. a lot of people said, too, this is like the most comical version of Ash. I actually would say that this is over the when you first see him again, they made sure to amp up the cheese factor to get you revved up for Ash again. But I actually say overall across the whole entire Ash versus Evil Dead series, to me, he's somewhere, he falls somewhere between Dead by Dawn Ash and Army of Darkness Ash. I don't think he's full on slapstick like he was in, in, uh, in Dead by Dawn. No. And I don't think he was just pure action here. I felt he fell somewhere in between. There, there was definitely a good balance, which I think it appealed to a lot of people. In terms of favorite non-lead characters, Carrie, um, I'm going with Pablo. He's someone that all along feels like he could have been friends with Ash back in the 70s and 80s. <coughs> Excuse me. Dang it. See, Carrie, it's it's not even just the water. Something wrong with me, folks. Uh, they feel like good friends right out of the gate in this show. Yeah, and, and they well, work together, right? Yes, they work together at a sm or not a smart shop, right? I know. I want to say a smart. You're going to and and you're going to quiz me on Evil Dead trivia, Carrie. I know. Getting your own head trivia wrong. That's not part of my Get trivia. With it, Carrie. That's <laughs> not part of my trivia. Yeah, but you should know that you're a deadite. <sighs> Listen. So, Carrie, what about your favorite non-league No, character? wait. Now, hold on. <laughs> no, that... no, no. Let's go on. No. Um, the thing about Pablo is Pablo is the very first person in this series that believes <coughs> Ash because he actually discovers that little doll coming after Ash. 
right, all right. And he, he's just, you know, so he's an ally right out of the gate. Not just someone that was friends with. Um, what about your favorite non-league character? So my favorite um, is Ruby. Spoiler alert. She's the mother of all demons and the original writer of the Necronomicon. She's a sneaky, double-crossing, badass bitch. And she was amazing <laughs> in this series. Down it's, to again. even her death in the final episode. Yes. So... You were saying all that again, like a stewardess. I'm just gonna like gonna bring it back to one of our first episodes. Like, and on your left is one badass bitch, <laughs> and on your right is one nasty motherfucker. Um, Carrie, we're moving right along to favorite deaths and effects across the seasons. My favorite death was season three of Brandy's friend turned <coughs> deadite Rachel. She gets it by Ash stomping her face like an, an accordion with harp strings. <laughs> I like that. It was really cool. You know, and then I can't, I got to mention Ruby, you know, also getting her life sucked out by the dark ones in a surprise twist, whose then body just turned <coughs> to an immediate skeleton. Um, and the skeleton looks mighty good in the dress, by the way. <laughs> um, so I'm cheating here a little bit. I love Ash's dad's death by the car wheel splattering across him. Um, but I'm going with Ash's death. Okay. I know that's weird from his friends and family's perspective. Okay. The very last episode, spoiler alert, guys, you know, we do spoilers. We don't get to see Pablo, Kelly and Brandy wake up alongside him at the end. Mm -hmm. Okay. I'll try not to go into too much detail. Okay. Unless that is, we are to assume Carrie, excuse me, they wake up somewhere else is part of some, <laughs> I was thinking Demolition Man, you know, the movie with Sylvester Stallone, yes. he like wakes up from the 1997 um, a group that, uh, you know, part of some group that's going to save the future from the current deadite rulers. See, I don't see that because. I mean, yes, he's not dead, but he destroys the big main baddie at the end gets put into like a cryo or hypersleep chamber it's like ripley and i was just gonna say that they do with ripley they save ripley and freeze her to use her at another time because she's the only person that can kill these motherfuckers because of technology (laughs) you're full of swear words tonight um could it be that we you're releasing some stress from the parent teacher conference that we had today It, it we won't we, say anything except it went exactly how we wanted it to yes. go. Yes. <laughs> and it's an annual we, meeting we, that we, we love, have every year. We love our kids' school. We love their teachers. But, you know, you got to stick up for your kids. Yeah, um, you have to root for your kids. Yeah. Um, we could have a whole episode. Don't you oh, want yeah. that listener whole no. episode about our I'm kids' I'm sure they schooling? don't want to hear, yeah. <laughs> Maybe a little bit. Um, so, yeah, I mean, he outlives. I mean... You're taking a guy that was in his, what, 50s to 60s? I would, say, I would say 50s for sure. I don't know about 60s. Mm, if he was in his 20s in the early 80s. But let's see. His daughter add, was 18. She was in high school. 35 years. Okay. She was in high school. Okay. Mid 50s to early 60s. Just give me that, please. Because okay. my math is better than yours. <laughs> Death stare. Why are you holding up the number one, Carrie? <laughs> I am number one. Thank you. This is special with that number one you just gave me. Um, yeah, but it's like Ripley. He outlives Pablo, Kelly, Brandy. I mean, he outlives his own daughter. Yes. And, and by he the didn't way, get to know her. You're our resident evil dead expert, but you made fun of me for saying that, thinking I was that you were a resident evil expert. <laughs> But this is a very much Resident Evil type moment. It is. Where, um, what is her name in Resident Evil? Oh my God. Oh, you love those movies. I know. Look at you. Can't even be put on the spot about them. <laughs> so, anyways, moving on. It's going to come to me. My what brain. is it? Mila Jovovich? Yes. <coughs> yeah. It was a Mila Jovovich Resident Evil moment whenever Ash wakes up. Um, Carrie, overall favorite Ash versus Evil Dead moment? 
the the opening scene in the very first episode. It's just of so fun. One. It's just so fun and gets you right in the mood. It, it revs you. Up. You're just like, oh yeah, this is you know Ash is back and you know this is going to be so much fun. It, it was just she's literally bouncing up and down in her seat. I'm not sure what you're doing over there. I feel like you're simulating something. <laughs> <laughs> it was just amazing to see Bruce Campbell back in action as Ash Williams. I mean, it just sets the tone for the entire season. And it exceeded my expectations. You know, let's not forget that season one had, like I was going to say, Samara Weaving in oh, the episode. I stole it from you. I'm so sorry. I know. You did. Yeah. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Full of swear words and weird noises. <laughs> Where they went back to the cabin to try to bury the Necronomicon. Bury. Okay, John's down. Bury. Woodbury. That's <laughs> more like Georgia in there. Well, I just snarted. Snarted. I snarted. <laughs> Snarl and snort is you equals... a new... Snarl term. and snort equals snarted. Got it. Okay. Whew. This is getting rough now. Okay. Also, seeing how Ash and a lady friend are reading from the book that awakens deadites while he's high, trying to impress a lady who just says, I like poetry. <laughs> you like poetry, lady. Let me read this. Oh my gosh. Talk um, about jackass at the moment. I'm going with season two, episode three and four. Anything with Chet, played by Sam Raimi, especially um, episode three called Last Call. <coughs> it had a very early true blood feel to it where we get to see a lot of our favorite characters trying to figure things out in between drinking, partying, and sexing it up. Do you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. Like the first one or two seasons of true blood they're just all chilling out like, and having sex having and sex going to the bar like i felt like half the episodes was somebody disappearing from behind the bar and lafayette's just sitting there making gumbo or cajun or this drinks or yeah or drinks and it's just like oh cool we're back at the bar again so that's it must have i must have had some nostalgia for true blood but i do love anytime you see ash partying and hamming it up um, is, is a good moment for Evil Dead fans. We are moving right along, Carrie, to reaction and rating. Let's start, Carrie, with Army of Darkness. I'm giving it a 3.5 out of 5 flamethrowers. I like it equally as much as I like Dead by Dawn. Um, still knowing that with Army of Darkness, we're as far away from horror as possible in the Evil Dead franchise. I think, I think that that's a fair score. Yeah, I, I gave it a four out of five. I mean, I've watched Army and Darkness more by itself than any of the other ones combined. Yeah, that's your favorite. And, huh? and it we did we also we just showed it to our daughter. She watched. She caught some Part, of it. Some of it. Yeah. yeah she was kind of like done getting ready for school and then about to go disappear into her room so she could get away from her brother. <laughs> um, yeah, she's like, "What is this movie? This is crazy." I'm like, yeah. "Oh yeah, Army of Darkness." <laughs> um, yeah, so that gives Army of Darkness, we give it an overall DFM rating of 3.75 out of 5. This is almost must-watch territory. I mean, this is where we're nitpicking. Army of Darkness is it's a classic action fantasy horror movie. <laughs> There's not too many of those uh, going around. A little bit going on in Lord of the Rings and Conan the Barbarian, right? So Ash versus Evil Dead. Um, we're just going to give, we were talking about giving each season. Oh no, we did get each season a rating, yeah. didn't we? Oh, excuse me. You surprised yourself. Oh, look at that. Um, I'm going to give it a 4.5 out of five flamethrowers. To me, season one has all the elements I could want. And to me, it's essentially that first season, it's an evil dead legacy sequel. Yeah. We kind of get that ash that we always wanted for the past, I don't know, 30 years. Yeah, um, I I gave it a four point five out of five as well. It it just exceeded my expectation. The nods to the first two movies alone. I remember when I first <sighs> told you it was coming out, you were flipping. I out. was it, it, the interconnecting everything. You could tell that they really took their time. It was highly anticipated, and it was really well done. And it, it also had the best ratings of yeah, all the seasons. Exactly, it, it's a four point it, five out of five, guys. I mean, I, I couldn't believe it, even going back and rewatching some of the episodes, you know, just how much it actually goes back to the two movies. So, yeah, I mean. And it, it does count off 
as Ash lost his friends. So he does mention all of his friends. Well, that and that's why that's probably why I subconsciously gave it the excuse me, the highest rating, because, you know, the original Evil Dead is my favorite out of the entire franchise. And I'm actually somebody who I usually like the part two in a franchise more than like Halloween two, Friday the 13th two. But no, I mean, I like them all, but the original, I usually don't like, the, I like the original, but usually the part two is always my favorite for some reason. So season two rating, you would think that season two would have ended up being my favorite. And it's kind of weird because my favorite two episodes come from season two, but yet it's not as good to me like it starts off strong but then it starts waning for me so i'm just going to give season two a 3.5 out of five <coughs> again <coughs> um favorite episode you know sam Raimi is his buddy chet and they have a night out um i don't know what i was thinking whenever i put my thoughts down here i mean guys i'm not going to pretend we have an episode guide for every single episode and apparently i rushed that part because it's not even any language of this planet that i just typed in there shim um maybe i was thinking shemp for some reason maybe that listen maybe who listen knows? guys it's still very good episode two or episode two season two is very good yeah. carrie you you definitely still like two yeah. more than me yeah i i gave it a four out of five just by just from lee majors alone <laughs> I mean, you Lee Majors as father. Yeah, it is. That's you, a good choice. You can't deny that. The supporting cast is still really, really strong. You have the fight between Cheryl, Chet, and Ash. And the town finally believes oh, yeah. Ash he's, he's like because redeemed. they see Cheryl alive. I mean, season two ends with Ash being vindicated. And then, of course, you have the ball and you have, uh, you know, coming the whole bit. You know. Excuse me, you have balls <laughs> and coming the whole bit. What? <laughs> the possessions. I know ball, not balls. I I know I'm being a jerk. <clears throat> so that guy's brings us to. And you get to dive a little deeper into the Necronomicon. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> yes, you really like season two. <laughs> season two final rating, guys. <laughs> 3.75 out of 5 flamethrowers. It's pretty good, pretty close to much wash, but it mush wash, you must wash while you watch Evil Dead. Wait. That sounds terrible. <laughs> you must wash Rub while you watch. Rub it up top Evil Dead in the I, I don't know anymore. <laughs> it just, does have some slight slight electrocution, <laughs> you know? Oh, oh, you're so funny. <laughs> it does have some slight plot flaws. Um Namely, there's just a lot of killing up to this point that I hate to say it for me, season two, especially the back half of it, started feeling a little bloated. I'm I'm nitpicking, but I have to say it's not as good to me as the first. <clears throat> Let's talk about season three. Okay. Um, <clears throat> it's just one too many things going on for me. Um, <clears throat> I'm just going to say something. I'm going to piss some people off. I'm not afraid to admit that I'm giving this just a three out of five. <clears throat> Carrie, I actually considered giving it 2.5. <clears throat> tired of Ruby. I just got, <clears throat> excuse me, tired of that character. Um, felt like they were trying to pass the torch, but then they started shifting away with new people focusing on others. Um, to me... As long as you have Ash, <clears throat> outside of Pablo and Kelly, and maybe even Brandy, his daughter, I don't want I don't want a ton of extra characters. And I know Brandy came after, you know, Ruby. Okay, just I don't know. the The Kelly possession didn't work for me. Well, yeah, she was possessed as Kaya. Yeah, we already did the supporting cast possession with Pablo in season two. It definitely felt like okay. It, it's time for this to be over. We're <clears throat> out of ideas. And I'm not saying they are out of ideas. It just felt like how many more different ways <clears throat> can Ash save the world and how many more different characters can, can we get possessed and then saved and switching sides? And well, you, you had, <clears throat> you had at this point, Pablo had died. Bell possessed him. And then you had, they had to go and get Pablo back. And then, um, and then you have at this point, 
Kelly died and was possessed by Kaya. And then they had to go through the rift to get Kelly back. Yeah. yeah. What are you thinking for a score? Karen? So I, I gave it a three and a half out of five. Um, just because you do see Ash has a daughter. So there is some legacy passed on. Good point. There's animosity between the daughter and father. His relationship with his father is repeated in some ways. Uh, Ash is trying to save her and protect her, even though he doesn't know her. Yeah. I, I, I don't think we're far off from each other. I think we both agree um, that this is deserving of somewhere in the lower to mid three rating. So guys, we're giving it um, 3.25 out of five flamethrowers. It's enjoyable. It's a good way. It's a solid way to end the series. Um, <clears throat> I mean, they going into season three, they knew they had to wrap things up because they weren't sure that they were going to be re-upped. So, yeah, I mean, unfortunately for Deadites, you know, season three, that's the end of the line. Um, I recall rumors after season one and before season two that we might get a futuristic Army of Darkness 2, as I had mentioned er- earlier, but the series itself proved honestly carry the size of the fan base mm-hmm. that this is a niche audience yes. this is not this is it is mass appeal but not to the same size no. as like halloween or friday the 13th or well Nightmare. and you had season two and season three get into more nitty-gritty stuff yeah and i think people newcomers would have been like huh what yeah yeah i mean we did get a glimpse of what army of darkness 2 could have been like with the last episode oh yeah that would and it would have been amazing <clears throat> um I'd like to take a look at the Ash comics and see if they explored Army of Darkness 2 in the comics. Maybe they did, maybe they didn't. I don't know. I never followed the comics. There's a whole other alternate thing going on with the comics that I read about. Hmm. So, guys, that's it in terms of our season-by-season rating. Um, If I do the math, Carrie, it's going to be kind of an IMDB-ish rating. It's going to be a weird rating. Um, I don't know why I did it when I noted it down. 3.8 out of 5. <coughs> Carrie, this was a great fr- uh, few years. Mm-hmm. Excuse me for Evil Dead fans. Uh, a rekindling for Deadites. Carrie, that most never thought would come. I never thought that we would get more Ash. No. It just and, wasn't even on my radar. And can I say, I really enjoyed the Condor, the Destroyer that Ash had to battle. Is it Condor or Kandar? <laughs> she hates when I do that. You say Kandarian, I say Kandarian. Probably still said it wrong. That's the way it goes. So, I mean, Carrie, all All we had up until Ash vs. Evil Dead was the remake, okay? Which, again, you haven't seen yet, but... I can't, and I can't believe it, but you know... It's very good. While this is very good and entertaining, um, and the remake was brutal, you know, there was that contingency of Deadites and horror fans that had that... What I'm trying to say, Carrie, is that Ash versus Evil Dead gave the fans what they wanted. More Ash, yeah. Yeah. I couldn't have said that better myself. So, guys, uh, oh, hold up. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, guys, you're going to want to listen to Jake the Midnight Traveler because Army of Darkness is the Midnight Traveler's favorite. Alongside uh, with you, Carrie, of the uh, Evil Dead franchise. Case and Carrie. All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. Hello, hounds of horror. It's me, Jake, the Midnight Traveler, back again with the next chapter in the Evil Dead saga. But unfortunately, this letter isn't bound in human skin, and my blood guy wasn't able to make the deadline, so for now you'll have to settle for this. I won't dance around this one, folks. The connection between this film and your narrator is deep and I can't think of any better way to begin than to just get right to the blood-soaked heart of the matter. But this time I'll need your direct attention, Case and Carrie, because this involves the both of you in a tertiary way. Picture it. August 24th, 2002. It was a Saturday morning, and I was a young man of 18. I'd signed up for the CUSP program at Indiana University of Pennsylvania, which involved taking a few prep courses and showing up about a week early before the rest of the campus filled up. Hell, it was only six days prior that I met you, Case, in the Wallace Hall Lounge. It was quiet, almost deserted as I crossed the empty parking lot between Wallace and Ash Halls, 
and the Hadley Union Building, a.k.a. the Hub, which housed the campus bookstore. To say I was at a crossroads in my life would be akin to saying that the Pacific Ocean was damp. I was convinced that I was going down in flames, everything was going to end, and I was going to wind up jobless, homeless, and dead by 21. Yeah, dramatic, but I had no bearings and a complete lack of confidence had my mind in this oddly serene state. Still, I crave something to keep me from going completely out of my skin. A talisman, if you will, that would remind me that no matter how dark, how desperate or deranged, I still had a way through the madness to safety. Bare walls always bothered me, and the beige ones of room 426 needed some color. The only solution? Posters. I thumbed through the wall of posters in the uh, book-like frame and saw one for The Who. Sold. I then came across the immortal John Belushi Bluto poster. Done. Towards the end of the selections, I then saw it. My talisman. The image that has been up on every wall of every house and apartment I have lived in since. A full-size Army of Darkness poster with our hero Ash Williams standing like a colossus above the mire of evil. I paid for the posters and left that store feeling just a little bit better. I had a piece of home with me, even if it was low on gas. This epic film, one that I could probably watch weekly for the rest of my life, is where I came to the picture with the evil dead. I was a little kid and saw the trailer on TV, but was too scared to see it in the theater. But when it hit home video, I was all over it. Even my memory can't take me back to exactly how and when I first saw it because it just goes so far back with me. And then when it hit cable, any time it was on, I watched it. Uncut, of course. The jokes kept me from getting scared as I would reenact scenes with it with my brother during our early morning paper routes that winter, and many more of those winter nights we watched it again and again and again. While the rest of my elementary school classmates were being lame and watching the Power Rangers, I was watching Ash kill deadites and get laid. Yes, I was just that cool. I was clearly making better choices than my peers. Now, crossover is a term that is often used in film and music. It's basically when a work almost perfectly straddles the line between genres and has the same amount of appeal in multiple directions and across many groups. Army of Darkness is one of those rare movies where you could take a horror fan, a comedy fan, and a fantasy fan sit them all down, and all have them agree on one thing. This film is that one thing. I could go on about all of the elements that make it, quote all the lines, recap the entire film, but I just don't have all the time and space for it. All I can say is that it's a seminal film in the mind of this nighttime wanderer. If you're on the fence on this... Get the hell off of it and see it. Memorize it. It's your new life philosophy. One viewing will have you saying, Hail to the king, baby. Now, you'd think that an epic piece of work like that would have lit all the worlds on fire, right? Well, Army of Darkness was only a modest box office hit at best, and soon after Bruce Campbell's Adventures of Briscoe County Jr. went off the air, we would have to wait 30 years for the next chapter in the Evil Dead saga. By now, I was fighting other forms of madness after another crossroads and wound up in Texas. Living in a three-story walk-up with little money and no cable meant that I'd have to turn to illegal streaming to see Ash vs. Evil Dead, which I did. I wasn't going to kid myself, 
and expect that it would be as great as the previous chapter, but I felt I had a realistic expectation as to how it was going to be as a man just out of my 20s. All in all, it felt very different. Many would say that the Ash character was a parody at this point due to the fact that the boorish, egocentric, and loud Ash that had become part of horror culture was played to the hilt on this show. And with an almost cartoonish zeal by Campbell, now a man in his mid-50s, he was Ash, the big-mouthed here that we all grew to love and now had him across what would amount to 30 episodes and three seasons. But this time he's joined by Pedro, a Honduran-American with ties to black magic, and Kelly, a foul-mouthed, S-smart employee thrown into the fray. Also joining the cast was Lucy Lawless as Ruby, an immortal being with shady intentions. Many said that this was too many cooks, but I feel that over the course of the series, they fell into a pretty good groove. I guess the only criticism I have of the show itself is the fact that it was very cartoonish and the sheer amount of side characters who met Grizzly Ends kind of made me numb at points. But I guess that's what you would get if you turned these splatter fests into a series, right? I took my time in finishing the series, only wrapping it up recently so I could talk to all you fine people out there in podcast land. It was cool to see the return of some familiar faces, and there were some pretty moving scenes in the first season regard to Ash's past. I also thought that the finale had an interesting end, and I wonder if the boys have any ideas for the future. Only time will tell on that one, I guess. Yeah, this goes deep for me. Even after all these years and threats from exes about the ownership of my talisman, I still hold this one dear to my heart. The legacy of it still weaves its way in and out of my life. How much do you ask? Well, let's jump to December 23rd, 2014. I'm still back in Texas and sifting through the fragments of what used to be my life here. I wound up in bed with a girl from work who was way too drunk for me to want to do anything with. I was there to help her move, and during the course, she proceeded to obliterate herself and pass out next to me. She did, however, compensate me for my services. As I left her there, snoring during the early hours of Christmas Eve and the pretty things blasting on the stereo, I had sitting in the backseat another poster to add to the collection as I headed south under orange highway lights. Poster, you ask? One for the original Evil Dead. How nice it looked next to my other one. That's all for now, I guess. More to come in this Evil Dead story, so be sure to always give some sugar whenever you can. The king would like it that way. See you next midnight, Jake. Ooh, I love Jake's story. Yeah, guys, we went yeah. to uh, IUP with Jake. Yes. And I actually forgot that I uh, did that early program. That early with him. program? I didn't do the early program. I did because it was like, yeah, I get to go away from home a week sooner. Well, we, we met on the very first day of freshman moving. But I was there a week sooner. Yeah. So with, it wasn't uh, your first day, but it was my first day. Yeah. Um, it's so funny. Like, I, I actually, most of the people that ended up in my life long term, or longer term anyways, I, I met within the first week of college. Um, so anyways, guys, that's it for us. Just a friendly little reminder. We are through the RSS hub. Take that link or find us on any of your favorite podcast platforms. Um, if you can, leave us a review. We're also up on Apple if you want to subscribe. Our uh, subscription or our Patreon donations, we got three different tiers over there. Check us out. Um, you can donate to us for a little as a dollar and you can get the, uh, the extended episodes here. Um, we're going to talk in segment two or et cetera. And thank you, Carl Casey. At white bad audio for your track fear incorporated. It sounded like creature had some issues grocery shopping, by the way. Um, in segment two or et cetera, we're going to do some evil dead trivia carrie is going to quiz me <laughs> the deadite is going to quiz the semi-casual fan and see where i land 
uh, you've got some different tiers. So if I have a really bad score, you're going to have some name calling for me. I have a feeling. And, um, I want, what am I going to have to score to like be a deadite carry? A perfect. I got to score per a perfect score to be a deadite. Oh, you're being a little gatekeeper, aren't you? I'm just joking. We don't like gatekeeping. I'm just joking with you. So then <clears throat> I'm going to turn the tables on this little dead-eyed across from me. And we are going to do an evil dead Mad Lib carry. Ooh, okay. Our kids have discovered Mad Libs. We love you guys. Stay groovy out there. A pleasant aroma for you, but not for mosquitoes. Pick is easy to use. Light it and forget it. Pick's aroma keeps mosquitoes, gnats, and sandflies away. Pick is the best protection for barbecues, fishing and camping trips, or just relaxing in the yard. So if you don't want our company ever anywhere, just like Pick and see what I mean? Bye! Pick is on sale at the refreshment stand now. <laughs>